Hi, my name is Barb Nangle. I'm the founder of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery. This is episode 41, Discipline Equals Freedom. I think I first heard the expression, discipline equals freedom from Jocko Willink. He wrote the book, Extreme Ownership, and he was the commander of SEAL Team 3 in Iraq, which I believe was the most decorated SEAL team in the Iraqi war. You may know him from his podcast, or he has a bunch of other books too, one of which I think is called Discipline Equals Freedom. Anyway, I was turned on to Jocko by a friend of mine who's really into jujitsu, which Jocko was also really into jujitsu. And I started reading the book and it was really helpful to me. And if I remember correctly, it was in the early days of my recovery when I got a hold of this book. And it helped me to understand both in my private life and in my work life that I need to take ownership of my life. If there's something going on in my life that's not working for me, then I need to take extreme ownership and figure out what to do about it. I need to take responsibility for any aspect of my life that's not working for me. And I need to determine what I need to do, what to change. I mean, excuse me, what I need to do to change, not what do other people need to change. The first situation and with, in which this came in handy was at work and I was part of a team and my boss was not really taking charge of things in a way that I would have liked. And I realized that because I was the senior person on the team, having been there longer than everybody, as well as having a much wider purview than everybody else on the project, that I needed to stop waiting for her to rescue us and to get things straightened out, that I needed to take extreme ownership. So I set up some suggested boundaries for the group. It included things like, if you need to communicate with this team, you need to ask yourself some questions first. Number one is who needs to know this information? Number two, can this matter wait until our next meeting? If it can't wait and you must communicate with others soon, then you ask yourself, what's the best method of communication for this particular matter? Is it telephone, email, in person? If it's in person or on the phone, when you contact that person, the first words out of your mouth should be, Do you have a moment which allows the person to decide if they can turn their attention away from what they're doing or if they need to set another time to talk soon? Even if it's like five seconds, like let me finish typing this sentence. When I ran these suggestions by the group, they were all thrilled. They had all been coming to me separately with complaints about each other and about the flow of information in our group and our lack of communication or sometimes over communication, as well as other matters. So we put these structured boundaries in place and it immediately had an effect. Not only did people stop complaining about each other, but we were much more efficient and effective as a team. And they also all reported to me separately, having more job satisfaction as a result of our new boundaries. This was all because I had decided to take extreme ownership over the team over which I had seniority. I stopped waiting for someone else to take charge. And I encouraged each of them to take extreme ownership of their own work and responsibility for how and when and to whom to communicate their workflow issue. So what does this have to do with recovery? Well, everything. Let me explain. 
For example, someone in recovery was recently talking about their job and how they were watching some really shady things going on at work. And they realized that if they had had the financial discipline that they are seeking, which was to have six months of prudent reserve set aside to cover their living expenses, then they would have had the freedom to walk away from that job. In other words, if they were disciplined in their financial life, they would have had the freedom to walk away from a job where shady things were going on. They'd have the freedom of going out and looking for a different job that's in line with their principles, as opposed to staying at a job that violates their principles. Another area in recovery, the discipline equals freedom, is in regard to people in recovery programs where they need to have a dating plan. For example, a sober dating plan might include a red light, yellow light, and green light list of dating behaviors for themselves, as well as a list of those behaviors for their potential mates. If you're not familiar with this notion, green light lists include healthy behaviors. Yellow light lists include warning signs or areas that are slippery slopes and maybe are only okay under certain controlled circumstances. For example, if you check in with your sponsor before and after the date. And a red light list is typically a deal breaker. If you have this kind of plan in place, you can relax when you're in a dating situation because you've already made up your mind ahead of time about your acceptable dating behavior. You don't have to make decisions in the moment and you have the freedom to be fully present and authentically connect with the human being that is in front of you instead of being in your head. You don't have to worry about the obsessive and compulsive thoughts in your head because you're not going to have them because you've got freedom because you have the discipline. You already know what the rules of engagement are. The same is true if you're in recovery and you have a food plan. You have a red light, yellow light, and green light food list, and you have red light, yellow light, and green light food list or lists of food behaviors. For example, a red light behavior might include eating unplanned meals or eating between meals. If you eat anything from your red light list, you've broken your abstinence. These quote rules of engagement are the discipline you follow and they lead to freedom, freedom to be in places where there's food and not have to make decisions on the spot, the freedom to be fully present when there is with the people who are with you when there's food around because you know that food is not for me. And you only have to think about food once a day when you're planning it. Whereas if you didn't have this kind of discipline, you'd probably be paying all kinds of playing all kinds of games in your head all day long, trying to rationalize why it's okay to have something or not have something. Having these kinds of disciplined plans in place means you're taking step one consistently. Your dating plan or your food plan or your time management plan, are you declaring to the universe, I am powerless over people or relationships or food? Having that discipline to have the plan in place enables us to have the freedom to live our lives while also accepting we're not normal daters or normal eaters, for example. 
that we're an addict of some kind and we have to act like it. Another simple way in which I think of discipline equaling freedom in my recovery life has to do with outreach to fellows in recovery. I have a lot of calls and coffee dates with people in recovery, and I allow myself an hour of time, for example, and I set a timer for 55 minutes. And I usually tell the person that I've done that so that when it goes off, I say, oh, there's my five minute warning. I have to go in five minutes. I tell them that's what I need to do for myself so that I can make sure that I made all of my commitments. What that does, that discipline of setting the timer, which is a boundary, by the way, is it allows me to be fully present with the person. I don't have to be thinking about, are we almost out of time? I don't have to be watching the clock. I don't have to worry about cutting them off or being able to step in at the right moment because the timer is going to go off and there's no way they're not going to notice it. My discipline with time allows me the freedom to be completely present with the person, to own my own time and my own life and not worry about having to police them and stop them at the right time or feel like I'm being rude. It's been an extremely helpful part of my life since I've been in recovery. And I never would have figured that out before recovery because I really didn't have boundaries. That freedom to be present may not sound like much to some of you, but I spent so much of my life before recovery not being present with people. I was in my head thinking about all kinds of other things other than what the person was saying, like what they think of me, how I'm going to spin things, what I'm going to say next, how I'm going to have to cut them off to get a word in edgewise or to get out of there in time, or I'd be building up a resentment because they were taking up so much of my time, or whether I'd have enough time to do what else I plan to do, Um, you name it. But now I can completely focus on the person and our conversation without being distracted. And this leads to much more authentic and meaningful connections with others. I heard a definition of discipline, which I probably got from Jocko, but I'm not sure, which is discipline is doing things you don't want to do when you don't want to do them. Now that may be true in general, but I think for me, it's putting a structure in place one time. So I don't have to think things over and make decisions over and over and over again. Kind of like work smarter, not harder, or don't reinvent the wheel mentality. There's a guy I follow online. I get a ton from him. His name is Ramit Sethi. He has all these online businesses. He's a blogger and he's fucking brilliant. And not only does he have tons of amazing ideas and resources, he's irreverent as hell, which I love. One thing he talks about is decision-making exhaustion or decision-making burnout. I'm not sure exactly how he refers to it, but the idea is we have to make thousands of small decisions every day, some of which we have to make over and over and over again. This saps out our energy, especially the mundane decisions that we make over and over and over again. So he might buy 20 pairs of the same socks, so he doesn't have to make sock choices every day or worry about them matching. 
If there are certain things that we know we need to do repeatedly, especially for our recovery, then we put a system in place and we just follow it. We don't have to worry about thinking about it. That discipline of using the structure gives us the freedom to breathe in our lives. I work for myself and I do a variety of different things. So much of the time when I'm working on tasks, I time myself. I work in 25 minute segments and I take five minute breaks in between. It's called the Pomodoro technique. If you're not familiar with it, you can Google it in case you're interested. As a former multitasker, it has been extremely liberating, or I should say freeing. What the discipline of timing myself does is it allows me to focus on one task at a time that allows me to get into flow, to dive deep into my thinking, which gives me the freedom to just really create in that moment. Whereas before recovery, I was a multitasker and my attention was always torn between multiple things. And it was very difficult for me to accomplish large tasks because I was at the whim of the email bell. And I got like 50 to 100 emails every day back then. So I was interrupted continually. Now, don't get me wrong. I got a lot of shit done. I was a really productive person, but I'm so much more productive now because I have the discipline to focus on one thing at a time, which gives me the freedom to really indulge in the thing that I'm working on right now. Whereas before my mind was torn in a bunch of different directions and I felt this anxiety about getting things done that I wasn't working on right at that moment. This is actually the one day at a time principle coming into play here, just dealing with the next right thing. To sum things up here, if you want to transform your life in a positive way, it won't just happen. You have to do the work. If you're not a disciplined person, you may think that discipline does not equal freedom, that it equates to being constrained or the opposite of freedom. But it's been my experience that when I have a structure in place, whether it is a financial plan, a dating plan, a food plan, a time management plan, It allows me the freedom to relax into my life because I've made the decision about how I am going to live my life. I'm living my life on purpose. My life is not at the whim of the world or other people. Freedom is the abundance of possibility. Before recovery, I tended to look at what I couldn't do if I were trying to be disciplined But now I focus on what I can do as a result of being disciplined, which is I can lead my life the way I want to. So if you want to live your life the way you want to live it, then give this discipline thing a try. I suspect that you too will find that discipline equals freedom. That's it for today. If you like what you've heard here, then you just might be interested in private coaching with me. If that sounds like you, head on over to my website, which is higherpowercoachingandconsulting.com and click on the contact menu. I'd be happy to schedule a consultation with you to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep lasting changes in my life. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change, but I'll coach anyone who wants to be happy, joyous, and free. So if that's you, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe so you can be sure to get future episodes of my podcast. Thanks again.